episode 20. Mike Rupp joining us with the, uh, the legend, Brian Gianta, who basically sets our schedule for us. Rupper, good morning. Good morning, fellas. Good to see you again. G- I, I haven't seen Gio in a while, man. It's been, a, it's been some time, so good seeing all of you. Yeah, you guys- I think last, last time was uh, NHL Network four or five years ago, whenever I was yeah. down there. Yeah, man, it's been a while. You guys won a cup together, right? Yeah. I won a cup because yeah, of did. Rupper. Let's put it the right way, Petey. Uh, I say won that again? A cup. I won a cup because of Rupper. Let's get uh, it straight, buddy. Goal and assist <laughs> in game seven doesn't hurt, hey, Rupper? No big deal. Hey, a goal and two assists. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't get too many points. I got I to gotta get every single one counted, you know? How many oh. points did you have in the playoffs that year? Uh, I only played four games. Um, so I had, I had the three points in game seven. And I think in like game five, I had an assist. So I had four points. I remember I, I played in Jersey. Obviously you guys know that, but I played in Jersey and I, Colin White said something to me about you, Rupper. He said, he said, uh, the key to playoffs is fresh legs. And he said, there was a time he said, like, look at Mike Rupp. He's like, we, everybody was tired. Both teams were tired. He comes yeah. in game seven. He's the freshest leg guy on the team. And he was flying out there. Well, I mean, I think Gio could probably, I mean, all you guys can um, speak to it, but I'm just saying in that year in general, I mean, Gio was there from the get go and he played, you know, I don't know what, gee, what, what would you say? How many games, how many games did the, did the team play in the playoffs? Say, right? It had to have been what? 20, probably mid, 20, mid twenties. I'd have to check. Yeah. But it's, it's in that mid twenties. It was yeah, five, so five, talking, seven, seven. So, yeah, yeah. So twenty-four games right there, and and so when I'm coming in, uh, you know, I'm coming in in game twenty or twenty, uh, would be twenty-one. Tw- game twenty-one, I'm coming in, and I remember distinctively, like, I came in, we lost that game. It was game, uh, it was game four in Anaheim, and I remember coming in the locker room post game, and I had a, uh, you know, whatever. I I took a a stick and I I had a little cut, and you know, just going in there and. Um, ice and an elbow from a slash or, or whatever. I mean, I played one game. It's like my first game I played in two and a half months um, because I was a black ace prior to that. So, um, you know, I, I come in the locker room and I'm just looking around and I'm like, how I felt after that game. I was like, can you imagine if I played the 21, the 20 prior, the, the 21 prior that these guys played? And I'm looking around, I'm seeing all the veteran guys, ice bags on their knees, on their low back. I mean, they're just sitting there and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm fresh as a daisy. Like this is an advantage for me. I got to use my legs. And at that time, you know, I mean, um, for my size, I was a, a pretty good skater. So I'm like, I- I'm going to use this for my advantage. I'm like, I- I'm in a good spot here. And so I felt like, you know, fresh as a daisy. It was a huge advantage. I don't know if any of that happens if if I'm not fresh. If I had to go through the grind that you guys did, um, it-, it-, it just felt like I was I was able to do things that other guys on the other team were struggling with because of the the grind and we've all been a part of that grind man it's i mean people the fans don't realize like brutal i remember you you come into training camp some years and you see a guy you see a guy absolutely jacked and chiseled in in training camp put on you know 10 pounds of muscle in the off season you take a picture of that guy after a stanley cup run at the end of the year his face is sunken in depleted the guy looks like he lost 20 pounds eggs under his eyes yeah it's unbelievable right like it's a it's an incredible process so yeah man i was there's not a player, I, I was, think, uh, in the I NHL back in the day that after t- 15, 20 games of an NHL season, I don't think there's too many guys that that are not playing without an injury or or bumps or right. bruises or aches or whatever you're going to have to to take care of. It's a long season. Yeah. It's demanding. No, it is. It is, man. It's um, 
I mean, we could probably name some teammates. Uh, we won't, but name some teammates. Maybe you didn't like to play through them, but uh, there's <laughs> most of the guys did, right? Most of the guys, most of the guys played through them all the time, and it's incredible some of the things you see. And it almost kind of sets the bar, right? You don't ever sit there and think I can't play because usually you have. What, a team. what year did you win that? Uh, two thousand three. So, did you have Vladimir Malikov on your team? No, not on no, that. He was not, not on that, team. Not on that came, team. He came. He came after. He was. I want to say Mally was like oh five ish somewhere in, like after the lockout maybe or just before the lockout. So you guys didn't play with him. I played with him. Yeah, Geo did. Yeah. Like, how about that body? <laughs> that is what you call a freak of nature, uh, god hockey body, right? He's two hundred and thirty five pounds. He's six foot four, effortless skater, powerful beyond power. If he had a toenail that was sore. He ain't playing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, sorry, it's true, Vlad, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, sorry, no, but I mean, I hope he hears this. I hope he does too. <laughs> no. Because I was a young guy. In Mont- I was a young guy in Montreal watching this guy. I'll, I'll give you a great story. Throwing guys under the bus. I'll throw them under the bus. Cause it's, it's disgusting. Okay. This guy hurt like his knee. Already. He hurt his knee in Montreal, okay? So he rehabilitated after his surgery, and he started on the ice. You know, most guys after a surgery like that would take, what, a couple weeks? And you would work yourself back into shape. You would make sure that the knee was structured and felt fine. Two months. Two months the boys on the team would go out to the bench, not tape our sticks in the room. We would all sit on the bench and watch this absolute freak of nature skate around the ice. Like, I mean, he was probably the best skater I've ever seen and I've ever played with, okay? Watching this guy at 235 pounds effortlessly get around the ice. And we've been watching this literally for two months. And we keep, we're like, Vlad, like went, oh, little sore, little sore, little sore. I'm like, all-star break comes. Mount Tremblant. Mount Tremblant. He's downhill <laughs> skiing. He's downhill skiing. How is this the one, is this the one that, isn't this the one they, they caught it? It was in like the papers and stuff, wasn't it? Listen, this is Montreal. This is Montreal. They have, yeah. they have <laughs> media members everywhere. And yeah. this guy who we needed immensely, he was without question our best defenseman. He was a man-child of a, of a hockey player, incredible. And I'm telling you, he was that type of guy that would not play unless he was 100%. 100%. That man right now is walking around at age 50 years old, and I'm going to tell you, he has no aches and pains. None. Sorry. <laughs> I, I yeah. had to get it off my chest, but, uh, I mean, ridiculous. ridiculous. So you're saying <clears throat> blown motivator cuff. Oh, ridiculous. Torn heartilage. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was absolutely incredible. He was an incredible defenseman. But again, you know, watching him over my course, and I was a young guy in Montreal at the time, but watching my, watching him, you know, pull himself out of lineups here and there, because like, I mean, these, 
ridiculous little injuries. Like, I mean, yeah. it was, it was not good. So anyway, you don't, you, you don't, you don't get the, like not many guys have that ability to, to kind of pull that right. Or even to choose. I, I don't know. I felt like there's times you can't even choose if you're healthy enough to play. Uh, not that the team was saying you're playing no matter what you, it's like you, you felt, I think to what you're saying, like I felt responsible to my teammates to, to play. Right. And, so like, even like, you know, I think all of us would be under that umbrella and like, you know, Gio, by the time you were able to maybe, you know, be like, Hey, I need a, I need a day. I need a, you know, I'm a little banged up at that time. You're what well, you're captain of the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. You can't do it now. Yeah. Like you got to lead even more. So, yeah. uh, you know, we've all had teammates like that ribs, man. It's, it drives you nuts. Right. I had a teammate. I will, this will, I won't, I won't name this guy, but, uh, I had a teammate the one time, uh, it was actually in Jersey. So, uh, you know, I don't know, Gio might be able to put this together. Uh, he, I remember the one day I was like, uh, how you feeling? Just looked sick, right? Oh, my nose is running. Like, I just, I just, my nose is running. I feel like I got a cold. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. He ended up not playing that day. And I'm like, what? And it was like one of the guys we leaned on. And I'm like, wait, what? You, you got a, you got a runny nose? Like, oh my gosh, look at, you know, John Madden's got his face sewn together. You know, and you're sitting here looking around. Uh, Colin White played the second half of his career with one eye. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, so you got you got those things. I'm like, whoa, okay. And you know, some guys, I guess, just had that cachet. I guess. Which well, stint, which stint in Jersey was it? The first one or the second one? I can't say that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just trying to narrow it down because I know you did. I know you did a couple tours in Jersey. Uh, there's but I one- mean, but I, again, you go through your career, and uh, you know, I know things. You know, when I came in, it was uh, uh, ninety four, ninety five was my first pro year. Played a few games in the NHL and got a little bit of taste of what the NHL was about. And you know, you you go through those years when you're a younger guy, and I'm watching guys like Mike Keane. You remember Mike Keane yeah. and Lyle Odeline, and these guys literally you'd have to saw one of their legs off for them to be out of the lineup. They were the warrior beyond warrior. And then there's, you know, you had some other guys that, that you, I mean, I just think back, I'm like, what the heck is this guy out of the lineup for? It's, and. But but there's a, but like Rupper said, there's an evolution to your career too, right? Like young guy, you'll play through anything. Yeah. Like at least I, I'm sure there's there's different people, but like my setting and and probably all of us on this panel, you would have played through anything to keep your spot in the lineup to keep playing. Uh, you, you I'll be honest be, with you, I don't think so. I think I was just happy with the paycheck and the healthy scratch. To be honest with you, <laughs> I'm just being. If I didn't have to go. I mean, you know how happy I was some nights when uh, I was like, uh, they'd come in and they'd be like, ah, oh, you're out tonight. I'd be so happy because you well, just don't you, have to line up. <laughs> yeah, so. well, you're in a much different <laughs> quick, scenario. Quick you, workout. You life on the line every game because you're going out there to fight somebody. Like yeah. you, Rupper, even, I don't know if Riv's ever fought, but pretended to fight. But like, that's a much different <laughs> mindset going into a game. For sure, man. I'm going out there to have fun, try to score and get some points and play the game and you're going out there thinking of the guy across the across from you 
going to try to kick your ass. You know okay, I mean? let me, it's, a, it's way different, man. Way different. Gio, this might be a tough question for you to answer. And I, I do want to go back. I have a question about the Stanley Cup, uh, the team that you guys were on, and something that happened after you got smoked in Anaheim. But I want to go back just quickly to something we're talking about. When was the last time hockey was fun for you guys? Like before there was like... Like, like Rupper, you and I, we fought heavyweights. Riv, you fought a lot. Gio, you scored goals, so it must have been fun to play. So I'm going to exclude you from this conversation for a second. But, and maybe it doesn't even need to exclude you, but I, Rupper, I, I think back and I'm like, the last time that I truly remember playing hockey freely without after having to worry about my safety was in that rookie tournament that we played in before the OHL draft. Yeah. No, like, it's true. Like yeah. after that, it's like you come into junior and it's like, okay, hey, you're six four. Uh, you want to get noticed? You got to start fighting. You 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 got to start fighting. Yeah, I think by the time I got, I mean, it, it, there's that part of a, of it too. But then there's also kind of the insecurity as a player where, you know, you don't know when it's going to end. You know, and so you're you're. I mean, I think people, I think fans would be really shocked when you can you can view some players as superstars and they still don't know if they're going to be in the league the next year. You know what I mean? And that's a mental grind. It's not fun. You know what I mean? So by the time I got to the point where I'm like, oh, I can actually have have some fun here. My last, you know, it was when it was when it was the most fun, <laughs> to be honest, is my last couple years when I was playing uh, with the Minnesota Wild, my last two years, because it was it was fun because this sounds weird, but I was I had a knee injury. I was I I'm just playing out my contract. I knew I wasn't going to sign again. I couldn't physically play, and so it took the pressures out of it. And now I was just hanging out with the boys. You know what I mean? On the road, um, you know, in the locker room, trying to crack. I'm, I'm trying to soak up all of that camaraderie stuff that everybody misses. And and then it was really fun. I'm in practice, hooting and hollering, and because there's no pressure, I, I know I'm not going to play anymore because I can't. You know what I mean? So. That that was probably the, the the most fun I had was my last couple seasons. Ribs and Gio are smiling while you're saying that. Why is that? Well, I, I think I know where Ribs is going with his his point <laughs> of having where he had the most fun. Ribs, Ribs think, it was semi it was semi pro. <laughs> that no. right there, man. I'm gonna yeah. tell you, I I had my first uh, I had my first uh, uh, child at uh, at 28. And from tw- from twenty to twenty eight was like, oh my god, boys! Like it was sick, it was unbelievable. The like, I mean, Saturday night in Montreal, okay, yeah, and get a big win. Paul, did the boys play hard for that Saturday <laughs> night win? I'm telling you that the level. I wonder what the play, record. I wonder what the record was on Saturday nights in Montreal. For you have to, you have to look that up because it is. A big deal. Well, and and it was <laughs> it was in the days when you didn't have guaranteed days off either, right, Riv? So you had to go and earn Absolutely. your you had to earn that's, your Sunday off. So you're point. going into you're going into Saturday, and you're like, man, this is a great time for a day off. We don't play until Tuesday. If we get a win, we're we're getting the day off, and it's it's go yeah. time. Yeah. It's amazing how millionaire athletes eh, just sit back and they the the smallest things make them tick. They're already getting big paychecks, but a day off. Or those little segment bonuses that you would get back in the day, you know, or like, I know they did them in Jersey because I, I, I remember hearing about them, but, but they like, meant more than your actual contract. I'm not kidding you when I say this, yeah. you those segment bonuses in Montreal and you, you know, you might get like an extra, 
you know, thousand dollars, or if you had a really good week, you, you could be more than that. But it, it, I mean, it was out of sight, out of mind money. And it was just, it was like, guys were working so hard. If you shot these guys out tonight, that's going to be another two fifty <laughs> yeah. into the pot. It, it's crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, thinking back to, you know, my, my favorite places and, and I don't think there's a favorite place. I, I really enjoyed the miners. My first year being on my own, living in an apartment together, it was unbelievable. Like, I mean, I, I showed up to, to, uh, to Fredericton, New Brunswick. And I ended up getting a, an apartment and what a dump. Like, I mean, I was paying 125 bucks a month. Figure it out. What? One hundred. Were, were you splitting so it with somebody? Yes. For cable? He, All right. Yeah. So we were, we were paying two, $250 a month wow. in rent. I paid one twenty-five. Canadian. Canadian. <laughs> Okay. What kind and of a place I, does that get you in Freddie, by the oh, way? Oh man, listen. I gotta I mean, know. It had carpet in one of the rooms. <laughs> and I mean the amazing thing is uh so so once my roommate and I both made the team, now we had to furnish the place. And and you know, you didn't want to send stuff out from Ontario where I was from. So now we're gonna drive to uh, a place uh I think it was called Leon's. You know, you know, Canadian for sure. Okay. Is that a Canadian place? Leon's furniture. Anyway, so we're going to this big Leon's place to pick up the couches and beds and tables and chairs and the whole shoot match. And on our way, we pull off to this little, it's a little, I mean, a garage sale. Like, I mean, we're looking at this couch, 50 bucks. I'm looking at the couch. I'm like, we're going to have to smoke bomb this thing. if We're going to buy this. And we're like, yep, let's do it. Boom throw it in the back of the truck. We get it there. As we're driving back to the, the apartment, there's a chair on the side of the road. A chair on, the, you know how people are putting pick it up. up. We picked pick it, it up. up. I swear to God, we had to, we had to put a, a, you know, a blanket over it for a year, but it was like, Oh my God, it was unbelievable. How we, we didn't spend any money on that either. We just, it was great. I mean, so you know many what? great memories of, of, the start of things to trying to get into the national hockey league. And then all the, all the, the phases after that, it's just, it's so much fun, whether it's the good, bad, the ugly. Did you guys ever do the, um, uh, I remember when I was playing in Albany, there was the, the Walmart, Walmart had the no, no questions asked (laughs) return policy. And the move was the guys would get together. So you have three roommates in an apartment, right? I'm sure this is a common thing around and guys would sit there before the year started and they'd be like, all right, here's the deal. We're going to get the sickest setup here. We're going to get the biggest TV at Walmart and we're going to keep the box over in the corner of the apartment and we're going to have this thing. And yet I think it was like a 90 day, no questions asked return policy. So you'd get that. The guys would get like speakers, the guys would get all these things. And they would just keep all the boxes. So then when that 90 days got up, packed it back up, brought it back, not a question asked, got it returned. The next roommate, bang, go buy another TV, come in. Just, they did that all year. So the guys would have a sick setup. So whenever it was like watching football or watching anything on Sundays, it's like the place to go. It didn't cost them a dime all year. It was incredible. Like all the little weasel moves that you do 
just to save a few. You know, the funny thing is, it's amazing. I cannot believe that you just said that because myself and the guy that I was with, Mark Lamoth, who we both played for the Kingston Frontenacs in junior. Okay. I was, uh, I was the third rounder. He was the fourth rounder. We ended up making the Fredericton, uh, New Brunswick American league team. So like I told you, we go and get all our stuff. It's disgusting. Like, I mean, it's disgusting. The only thing I got, I got a bed and I paid for a bed and sheets and all that. So I'm not sleeping on, but anyway, you didn't get the sheets on the side of the road. We're, we were using plastic forks for a year the whole shoot match here's the best part about it now that rubber's bringing this up it's incredible were you a junior hockey player yeah okay holy do your homework before we have a guess so, so, we go, so I, I am so uh, i am so harvard. excited I, about, was, I played at harvard yeah so i'm <laughs> so excited about our setup and just even having furniture and the whole shoot match we go over to a couple of boys that are literally just down the like 10 seconds from us uh, around the corner and it's Craig Conroy who was uh, a Clarkson uh, grad um Scott Frazier you remember Scott Frazier um yep. he was a Dartmouth guy and the other guy was uh, our, our our captain was uh, Craig um uh, Ferguson okay these are okay. three college guys I go in their house and I was like what the hell I mean just like you said brand new leather couches and chairs, brand new table, huge, you know, uh, TV on the wall. Like it was like decked out. Like you wouldn't believe. And I was thinking to myself, what the heck, how these guys get this? I guarantee you, they did exactly what you just yeah, said. hundred percent. They used to, they guys used to do it with playstations. You get playstations too. You get three playstations for the apartment. Each guy gets their own and the next thing you know after 90 days return it you go across town in albany to the other side of town go to another walmart so you don't get caught you just get it again for 90 more days i mean you do that three times season's over you go home in the summer you don't have to pack up anything you just return it all to walmart oh my just making hockey players look so honorable eh? (laughs) (laughs) in the minors it's way different that paycheck is way different in the minors there's a scene there's a saying from one of my favorite movies super troopers where he says desperation is a stinky cologne (laughs) that's that's life (laughs) in the minors um a lot of riv actually uh um produced today's show he came up with a whole bunch of topics but before we move on to that stuff because uh, i want to get you your topics your, your thoughts on the olympics because i don't think they're going i've been told they're not going so i'll just i'll tell you that i've been told they're not going i don't know if you guys have heard the same but i know they're trying to delay it because they have a month but before we get to that i was to- you two guys rupper and geo when you won the cup it was against anaheim correct yes so did you lose game six in Anaheim by like a, was it lopsided like five or six, one or something like that? Can you remember that by chance? Cause it was game uh, seven. Was. You guys won it at we, home in game seven, correct? Yeah. Yeah. It was you, we won the home that's team the, won every the, game that in that the series. Korea game. That was the Korea knocked out. Coming back, coming back from being knocked out. Was that game six? That was game six, wasn't it? I think maybe okay, game five was. was at home. We won game six might've been Korea. When was, uh, Broder dropping the stick was that like that was game six game six i don't know yeah, was that i think it was like, four, I think it was like a, yeah i don't know buddy that's a good question i thought it was a little bit closer now but it, it may have been a few goals um well let me let me hang on i want to go back to something you said korea what were you guys thinking when you saw korea down on the ice and then come back and score that goal well we thought he was dead yeah 
He was. Yeah. I, and I got he, on the, And then he so- miraculously came to life, comes off the ice. He's clearly, con- clearly concussed, yeah. beyond concussed. How is it possible that he came back? Comes back, gets an opportunity from outside, clapper inside the elbow on Marty, glove side. Like, incredible. What a goal, you yeah. know? And I, this is the story I remember. Um, pretty vividly was we were leaving the arena there in Anaheim. You know, you have that ramp, right? And you're in the bus and the way it's, you know, I was a rookie. So it was uh, me and um, uh, whomever there was, I was doubled up is the point. I'm doubled up in the seat in the front because I'm a, towards the front because I'm a, I'm a rookie, but Scotty sat towards the front of the bus too. And so he would always sit directly across from me. And, you know, Scotty was one of those guys who would, I don't know, read a book, You'd have, you know, you'd be busting that late at night, going to the airport, or whatever, and you'd have the little light above them and whatever. He's sitting there, and um, I just kind of lean over and I said to him, I go, Scotty, I'm like, you really got him, huh? Like, oh, like you got him. And he just leans into me and he goes, Rupper, I'll be honest, I let up at the last second. And I'm like, and he like, we're like, our faces are close. He's like whispering this to me across the aisle. And I literally just like, oh, and I lean back, I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> what do you mean you let up? He's like, he's like at the last second, I didn't follow through on the hit. And I'm like, I mean, I, in all seriousness, like, you know, we joke about it, but like, can you imagine if he actually followed through? I mean, heaven forbid, like, what was that? Died that night. Was that the you same I mean? like, year he caught Lindros too? Well, he caught, he caught Lindros cutting it across the middle once or twice like for sure. Times. Yeah. yeah but there was the, he did the, that. He did that back when, uh, I want to say, was that their path in, 2000 did they go through Philly? oh maybe it was 2000 yeah it might have been 2000 yeah, yeah okay no, no it wasn't in that it wasn't in that playoffs there yeah okay the, the reason why i brought that up was and maybe the story is uh, someone told me this it, i didn't actually ask marty himself but he and jim mccann marty Berder and jim mckenzie were really good buddies right and yeah. um i was told that marty let in some bad goals that night and Jim McKenzie gets on the bus after the game, and you guys are getting ready to fly back, and Game Seven's back in Jersey in a couple of days. And Jim McKenzie gets on the bus, and the bus is quiet because now the series is so uncertain. And I think he said he got on the bus and he gets he goes, and Marty was at the back of the bus. He was already on the bus, but because he hadn't played that well that night, Jim McKenzie goes, "Hey, is Marty here? Any anybody see Marty? I don't. I, I didn't. Mar, did Marty even make it to the game tonight? Did, and <laughs> And they laughed. They laughed about it because that was their relationship. Yeah. And next thing you know, here they are, Stanley Cup champs. Now, I don't know if you guys ever heard that story wow. or not. But that's interesting. I don't know if you guys ever heard that story or, or if could can confirm that story. But I mean, knowing and hearing about their relationship, I I, I yeah. can I can yeah believe. for sure they're super tight for sure. But like Rapper said, right? Like at that time, we're both the- young guys. You know. I was at the front of the bus. That happened in the back. That was back in the pit. Hey, but, do you, no, hey, you're, you're, you're doing one of these, like, Rupper. You're, you're doing one of these. You're about to turn around. Yeah. And someone's yeah. like, turn around, Rupert. <laughs> <laughs> which way is the bus facing? Yeah, which way is the bus facing? No, that's true. But they, but to, to be honest with you, and, and like now when I even was at the Marty, Marty's golf outing uh, before the season started, I mean, that that it does sound accurate. Jimmy and, and Marty are really tight to this day, and he would say that. And that's – Jimmy was at this unbelievable sense of humor and the, the ability. I mean, I don't know what you thought. I mean, Gio, you were young at that time too. Yeah. I mean, you were I love pretty Jimmy. green in the league yeah. as well. And, and we had veterans on that team that would just like take the – 
any kind of nerves and it was out the window. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like story time and all these things. Dano was unreal. Um, we had a lot of, a lot of great guys like that. Brand, so I, Randy I, I McKay. That. He, he was traded. He was in the, oh, was he? he was traded the year before yeah. because they, Montreal. it was Mackie. It was, is Randy and, uh, Arnott for, uh, Lang and Bruner and new right. at the deadline right. the year before. And then those guys had that year. Okay. They went, that was a switch the year before. So Mackie wasn't on that team. Okay. I played with Mackie. Great guy. You guys played so, with uh, Lipper too, huh? Langenbrenner? Yeah. Did, did, yeah. Did, Rupper, were you, were you, did he win that? Was he on that cup team with yeah. you guys or was he yeah. there before? Yeah, I guess he was. Eh? Unbelievable captain. Eh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unbelievable captain. So, yeah. hey, He's, quick, game six, Rupper, I'm sure you remember, but maybe a story that hasn't been told on that. So you, right, it's Anaheim, Jersey. So you fly in, it's one day in Anaheim, time change and all that. Pat Burns comes up with, I'm assuming Pat Burns, someone came up with the idea that they are going to keep us on Eastern Standard Time, not mess our bodies up. So we woke up. Yeah. What, what time was it? We woke up at like 6 a.m., which would have been like your normal 9 o'clock wake-up call, Eastern Time, to do a team stretch out by the pool in Anaheim yeah. to try to keep us on Eastern Standard Time and not mess our bodies up for game six. And like you said, Petey, I don't know what the final score of that game was, but it clearly, did. it clearly, it clearly didn't work. <laughs> so we should have just – should have done our normal routine, but I remember that uh, yeah. them trying to kind of reinvent the wheel, and it's man, it's Game Six of the Stanley Cup Finals, and you're trying something so out of the box that no, I don't know. That's, that's I mean, that's what you remember. Even like uh, when we were flying back for Game Seven, and you talk about some of the crazy stuff that happened. So this is we're flying back, we're flying back for Game Seven. And for game six, because there's a, clo- a potential closeout game, we had all of our families on a, a different flight that were brought out, right? And do you remember this, Geo? Like we were, so the, the idea was like, all right, when we get back in the Jersey, you're going to go to, because we stayed in the playoffs every home game, we stayed in a hotel at home. And so they're like, when we land, you have time to go home, get your bags or get what you need for, for tonight. And, uh, you know, we're going to... Um, you know, then come check in at the hotel. Do you remember the family plane was delayed? They were sitting on the on the runway or the tarmac for like ever, and it was. And the idea was, and it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't confirmed, but they got on the plane before us, and their plane was getting ready to take off. And Lou made rumor a call. Had it, rumor <laughs> had it that Lou was like, "No distractions, no distractions." He didn't want them to land before, so we went home and like had anybody <laughs> talk about anything else. So he held them up on the runway for like a couple, like I swear it was like a couple hours. Yeah. So we could fly in, we'd land. And then he's like, everybody go get your stuff, go to the hotel. So we went home to an empty house. Nobody was there, no distractions, no conversations about anything else and get to the hotel. So that was uh, another play where Lou wow. just wanted everybody to focus on uh, of oh playing the game. That, that one worked. That yeah. one actually worked. Yeah. <laughs> Let's... Uh... Let's talk about some current stuff going on. I, I was told, like I just said to you guys, I was told that uh, the players aren't, they're not going to go to the Olympics, but they're, they're talking about it right now at the board of governors meeting. So it's not for sure. But what do you guys think about this? Rupert? Like, what do you, what are you thinking about going to the Olympics? Good idea, bad idea. Where are you at? I mean, the fan in me wants to see it. It's fun to talk. Who's going to be on the team. Um, it's fun to have bragging rights. And, and kind of like, you know, all that camaraderie stuff inside the room where you could talk some smack to each other. 
you know, I don't know how you feel. Turn about that this around for you, own rapper, Gio. Turn that around for you, guys. There we go. I don't know if. Uh, I, oh yeah, for something, Petey. He got Canada, U.S. ships American flag. Yeah, it's like trees on it and stuff. But anyways, uh, you know, it's I just there's no benefit. It, I just don't. I don't know, Gio. I don't want to like. I know you. You were a part of Team USA a couple times, and and it's. Um, I don't know why. It's first of all, just from the player's experience, you're going to go over there and be locked down. Like, are you really going to, I mean, Gio, you were there. So I don't yeah, know. So I, mean, I don't it, know. It was two completely different uh, scenarios. When I went with the NHL guys, you were on your own, isolated. It literally, you fly in after uh, opening ceremonies, you get your practices in and then you start your round robin play. And then as soon as you lose, you're out of there right back to your team. So it, it didn't feel like the Olympic experience. When I went in 18, um, it was way different. You're there before opening ceremonies. You go participate in that. Uh, you're around the village and around other athletes way more. Um, it, w- it was a much different experience. I love both of them. I, listen, if, if, if I was in the NHL today, I would want to be going and represent my country. Um, I know that it's a lot of... Uh, a lot of... Uh, whether it's political on that side as, as far as what's going on with, with China and whatnot, but it's the, the pandemic has added a huge layer to it. And now your season, which the last two years have been interrupted your NHL season. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to leave. It's hard to go and, and justify going to that and putting all that at risk. But I'm sure the players want to go and represent your country because it's, it's one hell of an experience to do. I just I think, think it's a business. very difficult situation to go over there. And we talked about this before the uh, IOC and, you know, their playbook and what, what they're telling the players and how they have to um, be testing over there. And here's the thing. I mean, we, we talk about a scenario that let's say you go all the way to the semifinals and then all of a sudden you test positive for COVID and you have no symptoms, you feel fine, but you test positive for COVID. You're there for three weeks after quarantining. Yeah. Three weeks. All your all the teams flying back to North America to go back to play for their teams. And you're gonna have that one guy that tested positive and he has to yeah. stay there for 21 days. That how how would a team allow their player to go over? I agree. And I think I just from the day-to-day hockey operations from NHL teams individually, but collectively, like, is a, I just don't see what there's zero benefit. There's zero benefit for the NHL. We know that that that's a huge piece, right? And, um, they, but you can also look at it from the standpoint of it. I don't know how much this plays into it, but you have this new rights holder deals that have been, that have had been had. Why, if there was ever a, a time to force your way through, it would have been when NBC had hockey and NBC had the Olympics. Why would why would these new rights holders who's who've who've stepped up to the table and, and paid this? I mean, they've got to have some input on this too. Why would ESPN and Turner want kind of their product to be on display on NBC? You know what I mean? It doesn't make sense. Like, why would you? Why would that? Then that that's got to be a wrinkle in this too. I mean, but just even from the standpoint of what you said, Ribs, like, can you, can you imagine for a second here if Alex Ovechkin goes to the semifinals and he tests positive? 
And he's got to stay there for three weeks. And the Washington Capitals don't have him when they return. Turns. I mean, maybe they're the one, maybe they're a team that can deal with that because they've set themselves up nice. But how about with those teams that are on the bubble of the playoffs? And yes. you're not going to have that guy? Are you kidding me? Like, you know, I just, there's nothing in besides the fandom of watching the Olympics and wanting to see those guys play. There's nothing for me that makes sense for them to go. Well, for the NHL, it doesn't make sense at all. As a, as a business, it doesn't make sense at all. But they did they not agree? Was this not part of those negotiations? Uh, With Gary like, Bettman, right? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, was that not just part of those negotiations that they fought trying to figure out all the pandemic pay and, and what was going to come out of it? I think that was a wrinkle that the players were really holding strong to. So the league might not want them to go at this point, but they have to try to massage it COVID- in a way that it's the player's choice and not – dictated by the league no well like, when you well, when it came up go ahead Petey. no 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 you go ahead no just like when it when it came up remember when the the stuff came out like a month or two ago and they said the players are going and then it was like a day went by and it was like i don't know if it was elliot or dregs or one of the one of the insiders was like um oh yeah there's uh an out clause for covid purposes and as soon as i saw that i'm like these guys not going like, yeah. are you kidding me? Like, they, yeah. like, it's already out. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't mean that like there was a plan of the league and they're trying to be sneaky. I think it, it, this, this, we know that teams are still affected by this. We just saw what happened to the New York Islanders, the Ottawa Senators. I mean, you, you look at this. You need to have some cushion here for the NHL season to go off. And you taking that time off could be detrimental for that to happen, which could back up next year. Like, we're finally getting to the point now where we're trying to get the season back on schedule so next yes. year we can Thank go you. full 82 full time so i just don't know how you mess around with that so if if covid was completely non-existent right now with nhl teams then i think you probably need to go but, it, but since they have that out clause there's nothing here that's showing me that you know there, it, there's no risk involved with the players going i think i don't think they should go okay i think the players will be pissed but at the end of the day that's too bad um but I've never been I've never been a fan of the Olympics. I love the Olympic break because I wasn't an Olympian. But I think about I think like a GM or an owner where I say, like you look at the year Tavares went there. I can't remember which Olympics that was, but Tavares went there. The Islanders were in the bubble of making the playoffs yeah. when they went. Yep. Tavares blew his knee out. Done. They didn't. They didn't. Uh, they you know they lost him for the year, and I think that is your prime example of why you just, why are we doing this in the first place, especially if there's no revenue coming back yeah. for it, you know? I mean, that's yeah. that's my own stance. But the COVID thing alone, the league shouldn't take any kind of heat, in my opinion, for backing out of the Olympics because, well, political reasons aside, COVID alone, like COVID alone. I mean, just just push it to the side and 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 maybe consider the next one. Well, and it's a league that's fighting fighting for their revenue again, right? Like they're trying to get back what they've, uh, the hit that they've taken over the last couple of years. You know what I mean? Like they're, and, and that was one of the things I want, I don't know if it's on uh, Ribs's thing, but like you're talking Arizona and you're talking uh, Pitt just gets sold. Some of these teams are in some major trouble that maybe we don't know about right now. And that has to be playing into the pressure points behind the scenes that, how are they going to make up from the losses that they've just incurred over the last couple of years? And certainly going to the Olympics does not help that at, at all. 
like again you just brought it up Gio. another topic is you have uh arizona that uh didn't pay their taxes and the what is it glendale um was going you know who where the the arena is was going to not allow the arizona coyotes into the building because they haven't paid their taxes i mean how is that even possible yeah i don't know man you know that that team and and guess what i would be the first one to say that i enjoyed going to arizona i enjoyed going to phoenix because it was like going on a little vacation for a day and a half and you get a little bit of sun and get to hang out with pd at some awesome restaurants and we had an unbelievable rookie party there it was awesome (laughs) but um i i'm how is this team still in the league like a number of years ago, the NHL they should have moved years ago. For four years, they owned that team before, and it's it's changed ownership multiple times. It's it's they're losing tons of money there. How are they not moved? Yeah, no, it's you know what I I I do like the fact that not the fir- at the first kind of hint of some hardship because this organization has had that for a long time. It wasn't the knee jerkers to get this team out of here. I like that they tried to make it work. You know what I mean? But at what point is it like, all right, guys, well, how, how many years have they tried to make it's it work? It's not sustainable though. here. I know. So I think it we're at the point now where I don't know. Rupper, I, I, I remember I being, look at plan I B. remember being at the player association meetings and this was back. Oh my God. 15 years ago. I remember being at the meetings and we were talking about, phoenix coyotes and they're they're bleeding the nhl and we're losing a ton of money in that city which hurts everybody right i don't understand at at what point you just gary bettman say you know what it was a great try but it's not sustainable and it's hurting the league well at some point you got to look at what the benefit is where i i I don't see it i haven't seen it in that like you said, 15 years of them trying to maintain it and keep it going. It's a nice place to go. I think we, I think, I don't know, Rupper, were we the same rookie party? I had my rookie party in, in Scottsdale there, Phoenix. No, no, I wasn't there for that. I wasn't there for that. I was, I, our, my rookie party was in, uh, we went to Hollywood and that's remember when, uh, Gomer went over. Courtney Cox was sitting at the table <laughs> over, and Gomer, Gomer's like, "I'm going to go say something." So I went over there and started sparking up conversation with Courtney Cox. That's all I remember. Come on, yeah. how did that turn out? I think it was over after he said something and turned around, and came back, sat down. <laughs> oh, uh, but I know I, I agree with your ribs. Like I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I it's you know, I played there briefly i loved it it was my it was the the best place to play uh but at the end of the day the the underlying numbers don't lie like they're they're they it's not it's and then you've got these other locations right you've got all you know whether it's quebec city and you start getting in there with all this it's it makes it there's all these other spots that you're you've got to assume are better so I don't know. I don't know if this is the last. I mean, how many times best spot for the, the best spot for the National Hockey League? What is it? The very best spot for a team to go in the National Hockey League. I have my thought. I want to see if anybody can guess it. Toronto. It's going to make the most money. Another team in Toronto. No. No, that's not my suggestion. That's no, my guess but, of what you're thinking. Hamilton. Hamilton. No. 
Absolutely. I don't think they can. Isn't there something about the, the, well, the for sure the geographically with, between Toronto and Buffalo? I think yeah, there's 100%. some kind of a, they would have to allow that team to go to Hamilton. Buffalo would never allow it because thirty percent of their, their that's, yeah. half their, that's half their that's half their fan base right there. Yep, yep. Thirty yeah. percent come from from Canada or Ontario and Toronto. Just they don't want anybody taking their you know revenue at all. But there is enough. To go around if a team was in Hamilton and they would make who who's the highest gro- you're, you're grossing crazy. team you're, in the league? You, 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 who's the highest uh, grossing team in the league? Is it not Toronto Maple Leafs? Probably Toronto, Montreal, New York Rangers, one of those teams. But Chicago, uh, th- okay. those four teams. Right. Are and what do they all but- have in common with Hamilton? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. It's, it's yeah, like but I, I'm, I believe I, I I agree with Rich here. It's like I don't love that idea. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, there'd be a lot of, there'd be a lot of pushback on getting that, yeah. but if there's a place that can support it, there's one place in Toronto 100%, 100%. or outside of Toronto. So like, yep. I, I think it, I think there'd be enough people there that it, it would, I mean, they would be, it would be sold out all the time. They would, I mean, it, it, it's, I mean, are you the kidding ticket me? Prices Toronto gets would another be team? Through the roof. It would be yeah. a, it would, it would generate, uh, substantial revenue for for the NHL. Hamilton's and I know got that a much you, better. Sorry, go over. No, no. Yeah, I just want to jump in there because what you said, Gio, like the it definitely would hurt the Sabers. But but think about how many times when you go to whenever Toronto's playing in Buffalo, how many you guys know? You guys all played there. Like how many Toronto fans are in Buffalo? Like I remember when I was playing in Erie in junior hockey, we went up to see the Sabers Leafs game. And half the building was saying, let's go Leafs. And it was, uh, let's go Sabres. You know what I mean? It was, I was like amazed by that. So if they were to put, you know, think of all those people, they would just be, they, they would, all the people, I guess my point that in Toronto, they can't get tickets. You know how hard it is it? We know as players, we couldn't get tickets sometimes going in there to yeah. play. So like all the people that never even get to go to, to the games in Toronto, here you go. Here's another team that'll fill up like in two seconds and you know it's going to happen in you know a number of years five you know plus years that hamilton team's ticket prices are going to be the same as toronto because they're going to be packing the building and then all of a sudden people are going to go back to buffalo again because buffalo's has cheaper ticket prices zero chance zero chance i I agree but i think it's got a much better chance of sustaining than quebec city would Hamilton for sure has a much better chance of sustaining the huge market. Yeah. The market, just what it can sustain. You know what I mean? Like you'll have a decent fan base in Quebec city. I just don't know that it has the corporate. Yeah. To, to, that's a good point. Yeah. In that market to where, where Toronto, I think you're, if it's Hamilton, I think you can sustain it for sure, but it'd be a big blow to, I don't think it'd be less of a blow to Toronto. It'd be a huge blow to the, the Sabres. Listen, Quebec Quebec would absolutely be a fantastic spot too. We all know that the reason why Quebec um was, you know, moved to where'd they go? Uh Avalanche, uh, uh Colorado was the Canadian dollar back in the day was absolutely off the chart. I mean, it was you know, Canadian teams at that time were were losing money hand and fist just because of the uh, of the Canadian dollar was so poor, but it's not quite the same anymore. Canadian teams are, are, are thriving and, you know, Quebec, a team in Hamilton would be, you know, 
significant for for the revenue for the NHL. I'll say one thing that might sound ludicrous before we move on. Personally, personally, I love I, I it has been a a pleasure to watch the growth of the NHL from revenue to expansion teams. Um, it's been incredible. From I think when I was drafted, there were 28 teams. Rupper Geo, we were in the same draft. Uh, I think there were 28 teams. Now there's four teams since. But even even up to that point, there were a couple expansion teams uh, that had just come in the league. Like Nashville was new, and there was somebody else, I think, too. And um, I just wonder, is the NHL too big, like too many teams? You know, like I, I sometimes like football can sustain 32 teams. It's a mega sport. But I just wonder sometimes if the NHL... I don't want to say too big, too fast, but just too big. Period for the amount of for the amount of uh, I guess popularity for it. I don't know. I, I, I don't think it is. I, I don't know. I, I I like the size where it's at now. We know it. The magic number has been that sixteen and sixteen that we have now. Um, I, I think it's more about where the places are at than the number. And so, I mean, anytime, I think we'd all probably agree. And it depends what that place is. I think any, I mean, look at, I just remember back in the CBA uh, talks when we were with the players association, I'm just making up numbers. So don't quote me on any of this, but I remember when we were sitting in there, we're talking about revenue. Remember that was back when Chicago was reporting that they had no concession revenue or no parking revenue or no, like they well, had didn't, nothing. Didn't they the PA no send, yes. Didn't the PA send a form and say, fill out all your revenue for the, Sweet sales, and they wrote zero. They put zero. Yeah. zero, and then and then because the, zero because the sweets were owned by another words company. Was that not how it worked? So that company yeah. was was making the. Yeah, it was not it was Chicago Blackhawks, like right? right? No, it was, right. The sweets no, weren't so, owned by the Hawks, right? And and, and so, the parking outside was owned by another company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that you know when that was that was um, kind of reported, but uh, the the thing that we learned at that time too was like the of the teams in Canada. Again, I'm making this number up, but it was like the revenue, the, the league revenue that was generated by the Canadian teams ended up, it was like 40% of league revenue. Okay. So you that. have, you have what, uh, that's before Winnipeg was back there. She had six teams making up 40% of league revenue. I'm sure that's changed to some degree up till now, but all that tells me is get more teams in Canada. <laughs> you know what I mean? If there's teams struggling, <laughs> yeah. get it to Canada, find a place in Canada. You know what I mean? It, we st- it doesn't mean you don't, it, that's not going to stop the growth. I love the growth of the game in the United States. I think that's one thing that we can, you know, that it, it's been great in like Vegas home run, Seattle home run. Those are going to be sustainable though. Yeah. I mean, Seattle, I mean, I honestly, I think you could throw, you could throw a team in Portland and they would sell out all the time. Cool. They get 10,000 for their junior hockey team. They have for decades. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like there's places, but you get teams in Canada. If that, if those numbers are again making it up forty percent for six teams, I'm sure it's still something very heavily favoring the Canadian teams right now. Um, I'm a, I'm a huge fan if they ever got a team back into Canada. Suspensions. Where are you on the suspensions? Jason Spezza six games NHLPA filing a grievance on that one or an appeal, I should say, not a grievance, but an appeal, same kind of thing, I guess. Um, what do we think of this? I saw it. I saw it late, and I, I you know. I don't know Jason Spezza to ever be this type of player. Um, I didn't like where his knee hit hit Pionk, but but I mean, I don't think he was intending to go and bury his knee into Pionk's head. Uh, I, 
probably not knee to head, but I think there is certainly obviously retaliation and or like a body slam. On, yeah, on I mean, he, hard. he was going for him. He was going for him. Listen, you know guys, that wrestling no, move when you came from the turnbuckle and you kind of like <laughs> came down on the guy and you were going to splash yeah. him? That, I Here's think, my- was the intention. Jason Spezza was going to make a body check. It just so happened yeah. that, you know, Pionk was in a vulnerable position. He was very low. Jason Spezza is going to make the hit, so he's going to body, body splash him. Just so happened that things happened so quickly. Like, we get, to, we get to slow it down, rewind, slow it down, rewind. In real time, this happens within one second. And he goes yeah. down to make a, a, a hit on Pionk, leads his knee just because of trying to br- brace himself and hits Ribs. him in the head. Ribs. You're in a D zone, okay? You're in the D zone as a player. You have no stick in your hand, and you're skating towards the puck. What are you doing to, with the puck? Or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, is the guy coming in? Tell you right so now, I'm not going in. down to swipe it with my hand like Pionk did. That's the stupidest exactly, thing the I've point. ever heard. But you, but if a player's skating towards the puck with no stick, with like authority, like he's going to do something here. One hundred percent, he's getting down low, and he's going to be, he's going to try to knock this puck out of the zone with his hand. Like I think Spezza looked at him like, oh, I'm going to lay this guy out. I don't think he meant to hit him with the knee. I think he's like, I'm going to light this dude up. And because yeah. of what happened, I'm going to light him up even more. And he committed to it. It was, it was a nasty one. So I don't know what, you know, what you guys but think about games? the suspension. I six thought it games? was, I thought, it, I thought it was much, but I don't even care what it was. As long as it's consistent, the next one that happens, give it the same or give it more. You know what I mean? Cause I, I just don't know what to make of anything anymore. I want consistency. I think that's what everybody wants. And so is six a lot? I, I think it is. But I don't care. Just what the next should one, it be? Let's what, get the what, same. what would you be happy with in this situation? I mean, I thought he should get anywhere from one to three. I don't know. I mean, I was going to say two. For it. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say yeah. two. I was going to say the same thing as, uh, as Pionk. You know, and I don't even look when you look at the Pionk hit on uh, Sandine. Um, the Sandine uh, player made a, a real quick, hard cut yeah. to the middle of the ice. And you know, there's no way in this world that uh, Pionk was looking to injure or, or do something dangerous to Sandine. It just happens within seconds and you have to react and make, make a decision. And it's I almost like it even you don't that bad. You don't want right. you don't want that Sandine to get by Scott three free. So you have to try and yeah. take a piece of them, and that just kind of means leaning your leg out and trying to get a piece of them. Um, it is a dangerous play. He is suspended for two games. I'm kind of okay with it, um, yeah. but you know, to 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 have Jason Spezza get six games for that is 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 crazy. I think it's I what think- Rupper talked about. It's consistency. We wanted it within the game. Within the game, we wanted to know what you could get away with, what was okay, making sure that every call was consistent both ways. Then you knew how you could adjust and play. Yeah. Like If you come in and hit someone and it's a penalty, well, that better be a penalty on the other side when it happens. So I think this is just a, another way of that, that players are looking for consistency. They're looking – they're okay with getting suspended as long as it matches what is, else is going on. And they're okay with it. They're yeah. okay with it being a split second. They're okay with it not being malicious and they're okay paying the price for it, but it better be that way for everyone in the league. It better be that way. Every time it comes across so the it, NHL looks at this hit from Spezza as a predatorial hit. 
That's why he's getting. Retali- I think retali- I think the retaliatory is a big piece of it too. You know, because well, what happened already it, for sure. So imagine, imagine if it wasn't Jason Spezza. Imagine it was oh, Mike Rupp, Craig Reve, or Andrew Peters doing it, it, and we might have got a Rafi 10, Torres. That's a Rafi Torres. Uh, we might have got 20, 20 games because of because of the intent. I'll tell you who would have got twenty games. The guy who would have chopped Trevor Zegers' head off for trying that play behind the net in Buffalo the other night about fifteen years ago, had he tried that that shit, that would have been that would have been a, a, so a, a free this- pass for death. <laughs> I had this conversation with my older son, Nate, who's 17, and he's, you know, he, they're all on social media and they're watching all of the clips, every goal. Yeah. And, you know, Nate was couldn't wait when I got up in the morning to, to talk about this Trevor Zegris play this, this, uh, what do they call it? The Michigan where they pick the puck up, which I, I these kids can do this at like yeah. nine years old. They can do this. No problem. Now I still can't do it, but. To do this and have the thought in your head to kind of just flip it over the net so a guy can bat it out of the air is is pretty impressive. Yeah. Where where I have issue with this, and it's my <laughs> old school, I'm just maybe a, a little bit more of the bear situation. But the reaction of the kid on the ice, and then he's giggling, laughing on the bench, and he's hugging his buddy after. I'm gonna, I, I'm, I'm going after this guy. That's gonna be predatorial. <laughs> I'm telling Gary Bettman right now, no one is gonna disrespect like our team like that. I just can't believe that no one wanted to kind of like do something after that. Like the kid was giggling and laughing like he's like ten years old. That's the issue that I have. The goal and what what these kids are doing nowadays, I can't even believe it. The skill set and the confidence and cockiness yeah. to do these things. It's amazing. We I like it. it. Geo, I Rupert. love it. Do we do we like it? I love it. I like it, but I agree with Rivs. Where we when we were in the league, there's no way that would you would be everyone would be going for your gun and for you the rest of the game and the other games that you play them. The next time you play Anaheim. They're running, Zegris. They're verbally, running. Yeah, verbal they, abuse yeah. of that guy is yep. going to go on. Hey, you're for paying a price for it. Minutes. You might get it. You might get it from your own teammates too if you well, don't pull it off. If I pull you know that I mean? off, if I pull that off, right, and I'm acting like that, and I'm listen, it is what it is. It's a form of disrespect to whatever. And so now, I'm I'm going to have to stand up for myself. Yes. But Petey, my teammate, the guy that has to fight every night, he's going to have to pay for it too. So now when I'm in that room with my teammates, they're like, this jackass over here just made me have to go out and fight. And and you just hit a risk right on himself. Risk his, risk his career but, but, over but how about But how about like even to the standpoint, if yeah, I agree with that, and then the other side of it too, it's like if you tried that geo as a young player and missed it, and you had a guy in front of – because in all due respect, I, I actually like it, and I'll tell you why. The one thing I don't like about it, but Sonny Milano, he could have just taken a uh, – Zegers could have taken a step to his left puck. and pass the puck to him. <laughs> there was no defenseman there. There was no one there. He nope. could have put it He could have put it on his tape. So he goes over the net. I love it. It was great. I love seeing it. But my point is, if he tried that and did – Gio, if you were a rookie, yeah. you tried that. And you had um, 
Joe Schmo, you know, nine-year vet that was that guy in front of the net, Sonny Milano, you would get to the bench and this guy would be like, you ever do that again? Put it on my tape. Like, I think you'd get it from your team just as much as you'd get it from the opposing team. For sure. hundred percent. And I agree, Rupert. All he had to do was just go by the post and just tuck it to his teammate. He Milano, was on his, that's a, he, he was on his all he had to do. That was terrible. He was wide coverage. open. He was terrible. wide open. Okay, terrible. but here's the thing. Take that all in a, into account. What a goal. Yeah. yeah. What a goal. And I'm going to tell you right now, I love it. I love it. The game has changed. It's not yeah. the same anymore. We've got to get out of our heads. This, uh, you know, the kid's smiling yeah. on the bench. He's like hugging his buddy. I'm like, I'm sitting at home and I am super irritated. <laughs> I literally am going back in my mind going, oh my God, if I was in this game, that kid would not finish. That kid would not finish. There's no way. Yeah. He's not going to sit there and giggle. I, I, I love it. And then all of a sudden I've got to get out of my old stupid ways and go, this is amazing because this is the game. Yeah, it it's is. changed. It's highly skilled. These young kids are trying stuff that not in a million years we would try back in the day or had the talent to do. So I, love, might, it. I love it. That might be the most um, talked about thing all year in the NHL in, in the United States. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that was talked about on every platform, whether it's, you know, um, a, a platform that talks about hockey or not. The sports world was, was talking about it. So, I mean, the growth of the game, I love it. I, I guess the one thing I didn't like about it is, can you imagine, I think we've all been in that position before. Can you imagine coaching youth hockey and the next day you're going out there and practice and we're already yeah. seeing the videos. Riz, we do. Listen, so when Patty Kane when Patty Kane did the in the All Star game, remember and he put the cape on, yeah, and he did the Superman. You're trying to accomplish a, a practice plan, and these kids are like, "Watch this!" And they're sliding on there. I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, so these, it's I love it. I think it's where the game's going, but it ruins practice plans for every youth hockey coach from you know across from coast to coast for the next two months. They're all going to be trying to do the Trevor Zegers. Listen, it, it's unbelievable you just said that so so Gio and I both coach two different age groups at the junior sabers and uh, I get to the rink the very next day and I think it's uh, a 10u team um, there there was a kid behind the net doing the Michigan and another kid's on the other side and th- they're picking the puck up like I wouldn't be able to pick the puck no, I, I can't do it. it I don't know I don't know how they do it if they have like sticky stuff on their tape but these young kids 10 years old boom do the michigan flipping it in front and they're trying to bat bat it out of the air in front of the net and i'm just sitting here laughing my head off because you know you're supposed to be working on your shot a little stick handling you got the five minutes free time at the start of practice and these kids are these kids are trying the trevor's egress Oh, I love it. I love it because that is what's going to get them to love the game is just this this new style and yes go for it do it. Have yeah. fun. Somewhere in the world, that's already been tried in a youth game. I'm sure. I'm sure oh, yeah. someone's someone's already tried it. Has yeah. to. Have you have you ever yeah. seen that before in the National Hockey League? Is that the first time that play's been that happened? I've never. The Svechnikov thing was was uh, that he did. What did he try to it was do? Eye opening twice. He twice. did it twice. He, he it did it twice. twice. Yeah. Yeah. He did it twice in one year. You know, you you guys talk about the smiling and the laughing and everything with with the, I watch a lot of NBA now with my son. He loves the NBA. And I I think one of the things I love about the NBA is how much fun these players have on the court. I mean, they're always laughing. They don't play defense till the fourth quarter. 
I mean, it, it's like it's it's just full out offense, and I think it's it makes the game enjoyable to watch. It really does. Like I sit back and I watch. Everyone's like, oh, they're this is shinny hockey, and I'm just thinking, you know what though? Like it's impressive to see where the skill level has gone in the last ten years alone. Ten years roof. alone. Yeah. I'd like to still. I like the hits. Rupper, I don't know how you feel about the fights. I, I like that fighting's down. I like that the type of fights that I did are almost gone, the stage yeah, fights. But absolutely. But but I mean, I just think it's it's incredible to see how much fun the players in the league are having. Because yeah. when we played, there was too much teeth grinding. It was too much straight face. You gotta be serious. You got you know, like the I always the game was that. like that. I spent my entire career not smiling and just being far too serious and um you know, I look at these young guys and it's, and, and listen, you know who I hated the most. And this is, this was a guy that was coming into the league when I was starting to come out and I learned a certain way through the, the older players that were, that were on my team before me. And, and the game was not about smiling. It was about putting your game face on and it's, it was war. And, you know, you look at, you know, PK Sube came into the league uh, and he was just dipsy doodling all over sucked. the place. Oh my God. It's unbelievable watching him skate. And, and he was very vocal and, you know, charismatic and, and the whole thing. And I was like, I couldn't stand that guy. I couldn't stand him because he was smiling in his interviews and everything was like a joke. And now that I'm away from it all and I'm not the player anymore, I highly respect PK Subay for what he's done and, 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 and how he is as a person he's built himself as a brand. And I think there's more players that need more. I think know. PK Subban in the last few years has done a great job helping build the game. Yeah. I Personally, agree. like yeah. with his, with his social media and, you know, love his antics or hate his antics. I mean, we need more personality helpful. in this game. Yeah. We need more people to want to listen to these hockey players. Cause I'm going to tell you right now, if you listen to us back 10, 15 years ago, every interview was the same. It was serious. Yeah. You never let, you never let it your still guard is down. Some degree. And it, and it still is that way. It still is that yeah. way because the, the personality in the game right now, I, I, I think it's starting to change because the player that's coming in right now are younger. They're more naive. They're not as mature and they're just insanely skilled young men. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. I hope they bring that personality, personality out because I think the NHL needs it. I think the fans need it. We were in uh, the playoffs when I was in Pittsburgh playing against Montreal. And this was probably – that was on that one run where Montreal had a um, – what was that? That was probably 2011. Was that when Montreal went on that nice little run? Um, I think they went to Eastern Conference Finals. And Gio, we Gio was the captain of that team. We, I think we, we may have Rupper. We may have. Yeah, Gio, you were. <laughs> that was you and that, that was you and uh, Gomer. Gomer was there yeah. too, wasn't he? Yeah. All right. So you're going to know exactly. Well, I don't know what the situation. Like PK didn't. Did he not play? Because we were talking about it before. And ribs. I, I I got sidetracked. I sidetracked myself when you were talking about being fresh and coming into the playoffs. And Chris Kreider was that for us in New York in 2012. And he literally won us two series because it was just he never played an NHL game. He just he was fresh as daisy. But anyways, back to that year. Is that when he took out Mon- is that when he took out price? Was it that one too? Did we battle then too, Rupper? No, uh no. I was, was that the uh, year he no I, 14. I that might have been like 14 when yeah. he took out price. So so but anyways, um 
talking about that Montreal Pittsburgh series, I'm pretty sure PK didn't play a regular season game. Was his first NHL game in the playoffs in that series? Um, or maybe he played a game or two. Yeah. Anyways, he was, he, he had like single digit games played in the NHL. I know that for sure. And so he, he we're out there and, um, you know, Kevin Weeks is, um, you know, I know Gio, your boys with him too, but, uh, Weeks, he was, uh, always talking up PK to me. He's this kid can play this kid's he's different, his personality, all these things. So I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. And, uh, keep an eye on him. Um, you know, cause we all want to see the game grow. And, and, uh, so in this, in this series though, he's every line change, there's a whistle PK skating past our bench. He's just looking at our bench. He's not saying anything. He's not making a weird face. He's just staring at people on the bench. And it started guys like, what's this kid looking at? Like, what's this kid looking? And I don't know. It's just the old school nature and the hard headedness, you know, of, that we were always taught as, as, a, as, a, as a team um, in the game of hockey. But it was like, I remember standing up and, and all of us started losing our minds. Like he would just skate off the ice, just, just looking at our bench and, and go to his bench. And all of us are like, what are you looking at? You look at like, Dude, we're, we're losing our minds because he's looking at us. Like this feels like we're in kindergarten. You know what I mean? Well, what, and, when, and, when, when someone's looking at you, you know, that means what, what do you want to go? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so we're like, we're like, like we're like, <laughs> what, we're like, what's this cocky? What's this cocky? Blah, 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 blah. And we wanted to kill him. And he was really good for you guys. Like, yeah. I think he scored a couple goals in that series and he was great. I remember I called weeksy after the one game and I go, I don't know. I know you talked to him. You tell this kid, it was just like after the series, I'm like, you tell this kid in the offseason, he's going to get himself killed in this league if he keeps asking like that or acting like that. I want to see him, I want to see him, you know, this personality and this stuff survive, but like this ain't going to work. And like, and it was just like this. I think we all have to come to grips like things have changed. And that was and it what for happens, me. Like he, yeah. he got under our skin just by doing nothing. I mean, he, he, it's like that's just, it's PK and he was good. What and happens like, if it, PK? It what happens if PK? In today's game, 2021, skates by the bench and does the exact same thing, and he looks at the bench. You're going to have three guys Absolutely going, PK, nothing. hey, man. Yeah. We're like, hey, I loved your, yeah. tw- loved your Twitter, uh, your tweet last night. It's hilarious. <laughs> Listen, Rupper, though, we were doing the same thing on the other bench. We're like, PK, cut it out. Like, you better yeah. stop. Like, this is a – like, we're in a series right now. Like, we're yeah. – like, we, we closed the igloo we for you guys. That. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're like, yeah. you better get your head on straight. You've been here four games. You don't stare down their bench. Like, you got yeah. Crosby over there. You're waiting to ignite him. Like, just stop. You know what I mean? So we're yelling at him, too. You're yelling at him. Everyone was yelling at him. He's just like, like – Yeah, I mean, that's what he'd do. Yeah. He'd just, he just he'd finish a shift, and then he would just – You know, like, uh, like say, in, in, at the Igloo, our bench, the blue line right in front of our bench, and he would be that right D right there, okay? So whistle happens, say, we, we the flower froze the puck. He would turn around, so he's like three feet, and he just skate and like literally, this is all you see. He skates by the bench. He's just like looking at each guy like this, up and down the bench. And I'm like, "What are you looking at? I'm gonna kill you!" You, you know, and like, and everyone's losing their minds. We can't even focus. I'm like, this guy is kind of a genius, actually. Uh, Rupper, I, I, we don't. I don't want to. We've been going for a little bit of, over an hour here. I, I don't want to keep you on for too too long, uh, much longer, I should say. But I, I need you to tell me a story about Sidney Crosby. And the reason why is when I played in the league, I was all Ovi. I hated Sid. And then when I left the league, I grew to love Sidney Crosby more and more and more and more. And I just think he's the classiest 
And I think he's the, I think he's the greatest hockey player to ever play. Period. End of story. I don't you, you can say Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, Bobby Orr, Gordie Howe. Holy wow. But to me, Sidney Crosby to me, Sidney Crosby is the greatest player to just you know what, Riff? You know what, Riff? Why don't you hit mute? In fact, you know Listen, what I'll fucking Rupper I'll was doing Rupper was looking this doing the same thing. Why you mute me? Because he's our guest. <laughs> but tell me a Sidney Crosby story. Like, what's he like? Yeah. I mean, because here's a guy. I never hear about, I never read about, you never see anything about him behind the scenes, unless it's yeah. like an exclusive interview. You, I've never heard about him ever having an alcoholic beverage. I've never heard anything about this guy. Um, no, I've seen him have an alcoholic beverage before. Yes, so, that's yeah, what we're talking he's, about. He's a guy. <laughs> I, I want to hear <laughs> shit-based stories. Let's go. <laughs> we'll, we'll delete uh, it. So- we'll, I swear to God, we'll delete it. <laughs> All right. so here, here's, the thing. here's the thing i learned really quick with sid and i went there and i was like you know he was already Sidney crosby at that point and i came from from new jersey and, and went to pittsburgh and it's kind of like you know you're just trying to you know just, we all been to new teams and you're just trying to see how you slot in and fit in socially even so i come in there and, and billy garen's there and they just won the cup the prior year and um the one thing i learned really quick and this goes on ice as far as playing the game. Sid doesn't want to be deferred to. Don't defer to him. Don't defer to him. He's one of the guys. Like, on the ice, you got to play with him. It's not, oh, uh, you know, I'm going to get where Sid. I got to give him the puck. You know what I mean? No, no, he doesn't want that. That's why some of the best players that have played with him in the best chemistry has been like Chris Kunitz, Pascal Dupuis. Um, you know, he's had these guys that are straight line guys, simplistic guys. They're predictable in what they're going to do. And you don't, you don't, you know, but they're also like Jake Gensel, he'll shoot the puck. Like, he's not going to like, Oh, where's 87. I got to give him the puck. So that's one thing. Socially, what I learned real quick is he just wants to be one of the boys. Don't treat him special. Don't treat him like he's anything different. And that was an eye opener for me is like Billy Garen would just rip on him, rip on him. And I'm like, like what, what would like, he say? What's he saying? And Sid, and Sid loved it because think about it from the standpoint and Sid never like said anything to me about it, but like, think about being treated like whether it's Connor or Sid being treated differently from like the age 11, 12 on, like no one's going to talk. Everyone's talking to you with like a different, it's not like a normal, you know what I'm saying? It's like, whether it's, yeah, I know the way ass, they feel. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it's uh, whatever, they're treating you like different. You're treated differently. People didn't so, talk to you, Rip, because you were but Billy. Dick. Billy would. Uh, you guys remember um, what movie was that with David Arquette? Wow, we got a couple. Uh, you know, Arquette. You got Courtney Cox and David Arquette in the show. Uh, the whole Arquette remember, family David Arquette, here. What? Yeah. What show was the? Uh, was that scary? What scary? Was a scary movie with Doofy? Do you remember Doofy? Special Officer Doofus. Special I told you not to bother me when I'm vacuuming my room. Yeah, so so I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I hear Billy in practice being like, Doofy, Doofy. And I'm like, who's he calling for? He's calling for passes. I find out he's talking to Sid. And if you look <laughs> up Doofy, look up Doofy, I, I can see the resemblance a little bit. And Billy's calling him Doofy. I don't think Sid like, liked it, but I think he just wanted to be one of the boys. So he wants to be razzed on like everybody else don't you know he's not untouchable and you you see the things he does um you know like he you get on the road like he's it's so easy to be like oh that guy's a great guy that guy's a great guy that guy's a great guy he's a normal dude and i'll tell you this in playing in pittsburgh and i know in different places 
I didn't get, you know, I was a nobody when I, in, in the league, you know, a fourth line, you know, grinder. I go to Pittsburgh. I swear to you, every time I, every single day, whether I go to Target or I'm running into Dick's for something or you're going to eat somewhere, rubber, I'm like, so I remember thinking to myself the one day when we were going actually to Arizona and Sid was going to go to the mall, uh, that Fashion Square Mall or whatever in Arizona. And he was asking some guys if they wanted to go. And he wanted to do some Christmas shopping. It was right before Christmas. And I remember I asked him, I'm like, I'm like, you know, I, I get recognized every day in Pittsburgh. I'm like, can you even like, he, 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 he couldn't even go to like CVS. You know what I mean? Like he didn't even go. He, like, his life was different. That's why he wanted to be treated like one of the dudes. So you rip on Sid, you give it to Sid. He may give it back. Like he's, we don't always see that side of him. And, but it's there, dude. He's funny. He's, he's good. You can rip on him. Yeah. You get on the, you get on the road. He wants to, all right, boys, let's go play mini golf. He's like, anybody want in? We're going to go, you know, whatever, 50 bucks a hole or, you know what I mean? Like he's one of the guys. He just wants to be one of the guys. And I, I wish that's a side that, that people would see all the people out there. that are like Sid, they call him a whiner and this thing. Oh, get out of here. Everybody would love Sid. He's, he's one of the boys through and through. Listen, he was he was the biggest Willie Weiner in his first two three years in the league. But I'm going to tell you, he is is just an incredible captain. You know, he's yeah. one of the greatest hockey players to ever play this game. He's he's fascinating to to listen to just these small little stories like this, Rupper. And I'm sure that you have stuff in the memory bank that you know what. I mean, stuff that you don't want to you don't want to have, you know, come out because respect for, you know, Sid and, and, and the boys and stuff. But he just seems like like you said, you see, he's a he's a superstar. And and quite frankly, you talk about Billy G. Billy G was a special dude, man. I mean, I got to play with mm-hmm. him for a cup of coffee in San Jose. We both got traded to San Jose at the deadline. And what an individual that guy is. Yeah. He is confident. Yeah. He is an insanely good hockey player. Um, and, and, and not everybody can say those things to Sid. That's the whole point. Like he wants yeah. to be treated normal, but name me guys on the team that are going to treat him like Billy G, yeah. you know, like, yeah. so Rupper, uh, another, another question I have for you. And I, I know we had you on when we were doing the live show and I don't know if I ever asked you this, but, what were you thinking in during the outdoor game after you scored? You always scored in huge moments, eh? Doing the Yog salute. What was I thinking? Um, I, you know, I, I guess the one thing in my career that I really relished and I learned later on when I started to, you know, I, I'll put it this way. back Even going back to 2003 when we had Pat Burns as the coach, the next year we won the Cup in 03, the next training camp that we had i remember um i remember we were playing geo i don't remember at that time we had like you guys remember that in the league when we had like eight we had like eight to ten yeah. preseason games yeah. something stupid i don't even understand so we come into training camp and i'm playing the first game i'm playing the second game i'm playing the third game i'm like oh, i'm probably getting the next one off fourth say we played eight i played eight if we played nine i played all of them and so Burnsy comes up to me at one point and, and Gio knows this. I was Burnsy's whippy boy, man. I was, and G, uh, uh, and Gomer says this all the time. I actually ran into Gomer at Marty's um, outing and go, where Gomer is telling some stories. And he goes, the best thing about, he goes, my favorite part uh, when we had Rupper is that I wasn't the whippy boy anymore. It was him. 
And so Pat was all over my shit, like all over me all the time. And, and, you know, as the years went on, unfortunately, when Pat got sick and he was like scouting for the devils, I got this relationship with him that, that I, I saw a different side of him. And I started to understand, I started becoming more mature of what, you know, what I needed to be as a player. But anyways, I'm playing every preseason game. I'm leading our team in, in points because I played every game. Most of you guys probably played half of them. And uh, it was me, Langenberger, and Friesen, the same line that was in game seven or in the, in the, in the finals. And so he pulls me aside before we play against Boston. And he goes, how do you like, um, how do you think you're playing in camp so far? And I'm like, um, I mean, I'm good. I mean, our line is kind of connected and we're getting some points, whatever. And he just cuts me off and he goes, he goes, I often hate how you're playing. It makes me want to puke. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, well, what do you mean? And he goes, if the other team doesn't want to rip your face off every single night, I have no no use for you. You have no, I have no use for you. They have to want it. They want to, they need to rip your head off every night. And that wasn't really me as a player at that time. And I learned what kind of like what he meant later on. And I started kind of relishing that role where I felt like in my career, like it was a powerful moment. I wasn't scoring every night, right? I wasn't scoring very often. Uh, but I knew that if I was on the road, I can lay a big hit. I can face wash Henrik Sedin. I can get booed by the, I, I love that I can it, it maybe, maybe score the odd goal. And I, I can make 18,000 people boo me. Like, I, I, I don't know. I thought that was really cool. It was like, it felt like powerful to do it at times, you know, as a team, you want to do that. Like, but then individually. So I always had this thing for Philly because I grew up in the devil's organization. We hated Philly, you know, and then I played in Pittsburgh. We hated Philly. I played for the Rangers. We hate Philly. You know what I mean? Like I didn't know anything else but that, but truth be told, I always wanted to be a flyer. I had uh, one, uh, two posters in my bedroom as a, as a teenager. And one of them was Lindros, Leclerc and Renberg. I had the Legion of Doom line. Like I wanted to play in Philly and I wasn't ever playing there. So I was like, all right, I'm going to like, that was like a little game inside my head. And so I guess the point being is that we're going into Philly. I'm like, I want, I, we want to win the game, but I want to piss people off. So did I know I was going to uh, score a goal? Absolutely not. I, I didn't score enough to know that, but I wanted to, but I wanted to piss people off in Philly. That's what I wanted to do. So when we were in the game there, we're down two nothing. I scored. I, I never thought about doing that before, but I did it. And I'll tell you what, the rest of the game is, you know, Scotty Hartnell skates up to me before we're going off the ice. And he's telling me how embarrassing I am that I, I did that to, uh, you know, I, I, I see Hartsy at the network now. He's an awesome guy. And uh, we can joke about it now, but he was telling me how embarrassing I would do that to a hall of famer. And I'm, my thought process was like, no one's above anything. Like we're on the ice all trying to win, man. Like, I don't care if you're Mario or, or Wayne, like I'm going to do what I need to do out here. You know what I mean? And uh, so, and then, but then the rest of the time we're taking faceoffs and I'm playing wing the game. Once the game, we ended up tying the game up two two. Um, so I was able to get a second goal. So I know I'm really under their skin. I got our, our two goals in the game. It's tied two, two late in the game and I'm out on the ice D zone face off. Claude Giroux is taking the draw. And the ref's getting ready to drop the puck. And he's just looking over to me and yelling at me, what a piece of, you know, what I am, because I did the Yager salute. I'm like, these guys are all out of sorts right now. They just want to kill me. Well, this you know was, a, I mean? this was like, a 24-7 episode, right? Like, that's yeah. that was the, the road to the Winter Classic. And a yeah. lot of guys were mic'd up and stuff. So, Rupp, um, 
Drew said something to someone on the face-off. He's like, did Rupper do the Yogg salute? Like, everybody was, they, was they rattled. Couldn't, they couldn't focus, man. They yeah. were like, they were so rattled that I did it. And, you know, did I know it was going to have that kind of impact? No, but, I mean, I was sitting there. I'm like, all right, cool. So then that's when the rest of the way, Brad Richards gets the winner. Henrik Lundqvist stops the Danny B uh, uh, penalty shot. Uh, and it was a great win, but I, I think that that was more of it. I, and there was no thought going in. And I, I, I'll give you this Yager story real quick though, is I'm uh, all-star game in LA a few years ago. I think it was when Yogs was in Florida. So I'm retired. I'm working on NHL network. We are in, uh, I took my daughter Maddie with me as like a father, father, daughter trip. Um, so I, I had to go work and, and I went down and, and did our hits and whatever at the arena. And we kind of had like the next day or sorry, that day we were done early. And then I had the rest of the afternoon and evening open. So the deal was with, with Maddie is like, I'll take you to Disneyland for the day. So I come back to the hotel and I'm walking in the hotel with, um, with, uh, one of the guys I work with. And all of a sudden Yager comes walking and he turns the corner and gets in the elevator. And we were walking towards that elevator. I just put my hand out. And it was just Tony Luffman I work with. I put my hand out. And I go, hey, Tony, just hang on a second. I don't, I don't want to get in the elevator with Yogs. And it wasn't anything to do with Yogs. I got nothing against Yogs. I kind of felt like. Uh, you bust like, out, man. You bust know. <laughs> yeah. out right now. It is, that, this, uh, but hold on. It gets, your whole story has been let, amazing. Yeah, let him finish. Wait, let him finish. Oh, this gets you better. It better get better. Well, you're going to tell us the elevator door is closing and he goes like that to you? So, so I end up, uh, I'm like, just wait, he goes up, I get in the elevator, go up on a different elevator. And so I go in the room, I get my daughter, we, we have a car, uh, we have a rental car appointment, like outside of LA because all the cars in downtown LA were sold out. So I had to take, uh, an Uber to this rental car place, two miles outside of LA. So it's like this mom and pop rental car place. I walk in this rental car place with my daughter. There's one person, two people in there besides the workers. I look at Yager sitting in the chair, renting a car. I'm like, oh my gosh. So there's nowhere to go now. So he turns around actually and looks at me and I go, Hey, Yags, how are you, man? And he goes, he goes, how are you? You know, good, you know, whatever. Good to see you or whatever. You know, I'm like, I don't even know if this guy knows who I am. And then, so, um, he ends up, I end up, I'm like, you know what? I got to say something. I'm like, I'm not going to be like this. So I go up to him like, Hey, Yax, like, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if you remember like back in the winter classic, <laughs> but, uh, I did the Yager salute. And I just want you to know, man, like, I mean, you're one of the greatest players of the game we've, we've had. I'm like, I just, it was nothing personal. I just, I, I had a job to do and piss people off. And, and that's what I did. And he goes, don't even worry about it, man. It's not a big deal at all. He goes, and uh, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And he goes, I actually thought it was kind of funny. I'm like, all right, good. I'm like, hey, I, you may not have even thought twice about it, but I just want to tell you, like, hey, it was nothing about you. I just wanted to piss off people in Philly. And he's like, you did. I'm like, all right, cool. So uh, then he turns around and he goes, he goes, rapper. He's like, I just want to tell you, you do a really, really great job on TV. Like, I really enjoy watching. And I'm like, oh, geez, this guy's really nice. I'm like, Thanks, bud. I'm like, yeah, yeah that means a lot, man. Thank you. He goes, yeah. He's like, you're way better at this than you were as a hockey player. Like, <laughs> not even close. And I'm like, nice. I'm like, you son of. And so I literally just now we're laughing. I'm like, you son of a bitch. And like, it's time. Like, it's one one. We're done now. You know, whatever. And he just starts laughing. He's got a really good sense of humor about it. But he's just like, he's like, yeah, you weren't very good at hockey, but man, you're much better on TV. So I'm like, all right, Yogs, you got it, man. And so. 
I, there was a side of him that I, that I got to see there. That was kind of funny. I'm like, I, I just had, I guess, had to happen. I had to run into him at some. What's a little closure on it, eh? I mean, yeah. You don't have to feel. You don't, you don't have to feel so bad about wondering if you insulted only the second, you know, scoring, second highest scoring <laughs> player in the history of the NHL. Um, last thing I'll ask you before we let you go because you got your Cleveland Browns uh, hoodie on. I'm not going to ask you about the Cleveland Browns, but I am going to ask you about the Buffalo Bills. And are you, are you watching the bills at all? Are you like, did you watch the Monday night game? JR was on with us yesterday and he seems to think that the, the bills are going the other way. Going the other way. Uh, so I was, I, I love, I love what Buffalo has been doing. I was, a, I was on, I was a bandwagoner last year, jumped on there. I think I, I want to see that team win. I love the atmospheres. Like we saw last week of the snow and, and, and all those great things. I don't know, man. Like you guys got to tell me, I've been caught up more in my Brown season, but I do know that Buffalo's kind of slid. So what is, where are they at now? Are they going to, are, are they still considered to be a, a top end team now? That's what we were asking you. That's what we were asking yeah, you. I don't know. I, you know what? I got enough problems on my hands with these guys. That, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I put it this way. Oh. If the, if it's not the Browns, I want, buffalo to do make some damage i'm sick and tired of kc i'm sick and tired of uh you know i don't want it to be the ravens i, I like it. those teams maybe want to puke so if it's not the browns i'm in, i'm on the buffalo wagon did you uh, we don't have to get into detail did you see the odell beckham jr uh story that's been rumbling around about oh, a new one some, some of the stuff he's into oh no <laughs> i told oh, gosh. I'm yeah afraid to look, man. <clears throat> yeah don't don't go there he's in he's, <laughs> <Don't do it. laughs> he's into some uh yeah uh some some, yeah, some interesting stuff rupper it's been a lot of fun man can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us yeah, anytime, fella, any anytime, fellas. Hey, we I'll told Gio you one. said that you'd only join us because he was on, but we know that's not true. No, I got to tell you something. I love Gio. He's one of the best teammates I had. I don't know if you guys want to hear that or not, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm waiting for the butt. I want to hear the butt. Here's the here's the butt. He made life miserable for all of us big guys. And I'm going to tell you why. I was so sick of Gio. Gio, I love you to death, but like. If you weren't a good dude, it would have been easy to hate you because Lou would come in the locker room or any coach we ever had in New Jersey, and they would say, Lou would come in and be like, look at Brian. He's got the heart of a lion. He's got the heart. I'm like, just, ah, oh, heart of a lion. You're so little, but so tough and loud in front of the net. The heart of a lion. I wish if we had 23 Brian Giantas, we'd be, oh, okay, okay. And then I remember like uh, Brent Sutter would come in and, or we've got guys on this team that are six foot two, three, four, five, playing like a bunch of, you know, you know, blah, blah, just bleeping everything out. And they're like, look at Gio over there. I'm like, oh, we get it. We get it. You wish that six foot five, 240 pound Mike Rupp had the heart of a lion like Brian Gianta. We get it. We don't have to keep saying this. So they just Listen. made us all like, and next thing you know, I'm jumping out there. I'm biting off more I could chew because I got to go try to fight someone that I shouldn't be fighting because they're going to beat the wheels off me because I'm trying to be like Brian Gianta. Hey, listen, I'm going to be completely honest. When the, I remember those Lou, he'd come in and Lou would have those moments. He would flip out on us and he would come in, like not the coach. Lou would come into the room and start just tearing into everyone. And then he gets to that and he starts saying that. I literally wanted to crawl into my stall and out the other side of the wall because I'm like, Lou, 
I understand what you're doing. I appreciate that you love the way I'm playing, but you're killing me with inside this room because now <laughs> we get out of this. Everyone's going to be looking at me like, oh, yeah, little teacher's pet over there. He's fine. Everyone else is getting yelled at. Like, so, Rubber, I feel you. I wanted to crawl back in my skin and freaking just outside hey. that door and be like, Lou, I love you, but please, you're not helping me with the boys at all. At all. He didn't we love didn't, you enough. He didn't match that Montreal offer. Yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, you know it's amazing. Hey, PD, attached to it. Yeah, it's amazing. We were having discussions last night with Gio, and Gio was throwing attitude out to us, and he wanted respect. He, I think yeah. he wrote in there, and uh, you know, we were calling him high maintenance <laughs> because you know, like it's Gio. Listen, I'm going to cut you off right there, Rivs, because I literally we set this up rapper last week, right? Hey, we're going Friday, ten o'clock. Lock it in. So last night I sent a text to Rivs and PD. I go, listen, 10 or what time tomorrow? And these guys start going off. Well, what'd we say? What time is good for you? Rupper says whatever time Gio wants to do it, we'll do it. Whatever he <laughs> wants. You know what I mean? And like just going off on me because I wanted to confirm. I want to know what time I need to be on. That's it. Your tone in your text was very pushy. Listen. And we- <laughs> Simple, what time we on tomorrow? Got pushy real quick. Uh, Pay attention, Gio. Pay attention. It's all. What a great episode, boys. This was a lot. I love you, buddy. Thanks for coming on. I love you guys, dude. I love what you guys are doing. Uh, Big fan of what you guys are doing. Anytime I can be on, let me know. It's just fun. I love it. Uh, We appreciate it. We'll we'll talk to you tomorrow then. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. Give me a shout. (laughs) All right. See you. See you. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle. And at Craig Reve 52 at the instigator 76. And you can find us as you already know on Apple, Spotify and YouTube and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.